Rush is back. Hour number three, Teddy Lehman here. Hanging out with Connor in the ref studios. Travis Davidson joins us from Tulsa. Keep hitting the text line. We'll get to some of those in a moment. 651-3439. Travis, is this... I keep seeing this story about Jim Harbaugh at Michigan and his big level one violation that the NCAA is saying is so serious is him buying a hamburger for a recruit. Is that, is there any truth to that? I'm pretty sure the only place that I've really seen it was like a, one of the barstool, um, accounts, but that can't be real right now. People are like Tom Fornelli's tweeting about it. Um, yeah, Look, uh, these days on Twitter, once people start running with something, I mean, who knows? But the the tweet that I'm keep seeing is rumors swirling. Jim Harbaugh's level one NCAA violation was for buying a recruit a hamburger at Brown Jug. NCAA found a receipt, and then Harbaugh wasn't honest about it. Now, what I have come to learn, you know, over the years about the NCAA is. Th- I, I don't think they're, um, you know, going, looking and auditing every single receipt that every single coach turns in. Um, you know, a lot of these compliance uh, programs, uh, compliance departments are in-house. So that's why so often it's it's got to be reported, you know, internally or something. But I don't know. I, I find it kind of hard to believe personally. I, I do too. A couple of things. Number one. The NCAA is spread so thin right now. Why? There, there's We got guys driving Lamborghinis. We got NIL collectives dishing out tens of millions of dollars for recruiting classes. And there's rules there about connections with the university that need to be looked at. And they're chasing down Jim Harbaugh over a burger that he bought a recruit. Whenever you can look and see that, what, Texas spent $250,000 on Arch Manning's official visit to Texas, and this is what they're going to spend their time digging through receipts, looking for the brown jug $10 receipt where Harbaugh bought a recruit, a burger. That's pathetic. It's pathetic on the NCAA if that's real. Right. I think the brown jug probably started the rumor, you know, some Perhaps. easy marketing. Let's go check out this brown jug place, Cheap Burger. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using that for my spot. Well, uh, might it, be the move. But also, maybe he ate two burgers. Who knows? Like, how would you audit a receipt to be able to, A, know that there was a recruit there? Because it's, it's, not, like, it's not like they audited a receipt and Jim Harbaugh wrote that it was a recruiting lunch. Like if if you're try if if for some reason you went out bought a burger for a guy and you weren't supposed to, how were they then saying? Oh, how do they know it wasn't a staffer or wasn't a buddy of his or maybe his brother came to town? And they took him out for a burger or something like that. Like there's just too many things yeah. with the story that just well, make it pretty unbelievable. That's the other part of it. You know, I think it's ridiculous by the NCAA, and I have a feeling if I was in Harbaugh's position and and this thing is real i would tell him to shove it as well um and i wouldn't i probably wouldn't be honest with them either right 
just get like I have no interest in talking to you about a hamburger receipt at the brown jug, okay? But the other side of it to me and I have another job. I work for Chicago Title and Sales. Right? And I have an expense account. And I have to whenever I whenever I use that money, I have to keep the receipt after every month I have to fill out an expense report. Where did I go? Who was I with? It's a pain in the ass. All right? If you make $8 million a year or whatever Jim Harbaugh makes, why the hell are you putting a $10 dinner at the Brown Jug on your expense report that can be sifted through by the NCAA? Put it on your own card, you cheap bastard. Like, am I the only person that's thinking that right now? The NCAA can't look through your own account. Are you that cheap that you're going to do something that is technically against the rules, but you're not going to do it with your $7. You're going to do it with the universities. Seriously. If, if like part of me is like, it's so stupid by the NCAA. And I agree that it's stupid by the NCAA, but the other part of me is, it's so stupid by Jim Harbaugh. You, you should almost never use that university card for anything. If, for the only reason you don't want to fill out the stupid expense report and it try to explain and justify what you're doing with your money. Am I wrong yeah. on this guys? No, you're no, you're, you're right. I, there's just, there's just so many holes in it. I, I am, I am more likely to believe that Jim Harbaugh has never been to the Brown jug than I am to believe that, Jim Harbaugh used university funds to break a recruiting violation or to, for a recruiting violation and then got caught for said recruiting violation when they determined that two burgers from the brown jug were just unreasonable and clearly the other person that ate it was a recruit. Right. Well, here's the thing and I see there's a text here from Chuck. The NCAA's after him because he refused to talk and when he did talk, he lied. Well, that sounds to me like um, someone is offended that their NCAA badge that they're wearing on their shirt wasn't respected properly. And now, because you didn't respect me properly, I'm going to hold a grudge and I'm going to come after you over a hamburger. Like, to me... That is total you-know-what. That's not how you run an organization. That's not how that, – that's not how you, you – don't, you don't allow Kansas to, to buy cars and the whole shoe thing and like all, all of the stuff that's gone on that everyone knows about that goes on in, in college athletics – like shady NIL deals that are happening, like recruits getting millions of dollars, and all of that's going to happen. But because someone didn't respect my authority, you're going to go after him over a hamburger. What a bunch of pathetic losers, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody that knows 
anything about college football or college sports in general, is accusing the NCAA of being a well-run organization um, from top to bottom, right? They've been a rudderless ship uh, for what feels like the better part of a decade now, and they pick and choose who they want to um, enforce rules with. And, yeah, I, I, I'm, I can't wait till more official stuff comes out about the Harbaugh stuff because right now, like, you're just seeing so many different things. I just I, – I, I can't believe it's about a burger thing. Like, I just – I can't get that through right. my head that, that that is something that the NCAA – that there's some, but some loser at the NCAA thinks that that's a big enough deal for a level one violation. I, I simply can't believe it. Update. Uh, my boss – the Chicago title is listening to my um, um, explanation of how bad expense report sucks and uh, just want to let me know that, that he's out there and he's got his ears on me. So I got caught, busted. Well, well hello there, Tommy, <laughs> Chicago. Uh, we love your title company here on the air. So I'll be visiting your city tomorrow. So Yeah, expense report will be on your desk tomorrow, sir. Oh, that's it's just so weird. It's but it's the NCAA, right? You know, it's every now and then for for there is no consistency. There's there's no there's no rhyme or reason. Some places get held to account, others don't, and the NCAA will just decide on a whim who it's going to be that they're going to go after, right? Like Oh, he lied to us about the hamburger, so we're going to hit him with a level one multi-game suspension, right? Because he didn't comply. Okay, well, Oklahoma State complied, right? And what would you do? You hammered him with a postseason ban, right? And they did all the things that they needed to do to rid themselves of the situation, to make amends the, the proper way to do it. They did it all right, and you still hit them. So the NCAA, in my opinion – is horrible. They should all be fired. Right. The original, uh, as a couple texters are pointing out, like the original report said that the violation was a minor violation um, due to legal visit or contact during the dead period. And then also that there was like one too many coaches on like a sideline or something like that. Um, yeah, stupid. When they weren't supposed to performing on-field coaching, I get all that, but those are all minor things. Like they're like that's not, you know, this seems like it's grown into something different. But Teddy, what's interesting? Well, the report is, initially on his is that it was, it was a, a small violation, but it was the response that right. We read we read that together the right. other day. It was yeah. response that was good. But what's interesting is, Teddy, the way we're talking about the NCAA right now. It sounds like a lot of bureaucratic institutions, right? Yeah. Where it's it's who you know. Yeah. You know, it's not what you know. Wouldn't you, if if you had to make a list of ten guys that probably knows somebody in the NCAA, wouldn't Jim Harbaugh probably be on that list? Like he's no. been around football forever. No, but I'm, nobody likes him. Well, he he's whoever sells khakis likes him. Yeah, right. Keeping him in business. He. He is very weird. He uh, and I don't know the guy. I've never met him, but this is just kind of what what I've gathered over the years from hearing stories and 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 you know 
just kind of what people say is that he's very, very difficult to work for. He's um, like he's just he's he's just he's weird, right? He's weird, and he's hard on guys and coaches, and it's just a difficult situation. Like he's not a like there. There's coaches that are that are talkers, right? I James Franklin. He's 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 not an X and O guy. He's a talker. He talks to recruits. He talks to parents. You know, he he talks to coaches around the around the country in case he ever needs to hire somebody. He's always on the phone. You know, he's working the room. Like that's his specialty, and there's something to be said about that. Like Harbaugh, that's Harbaugh is the opposite of that. Like Harbaugh is the awkward guy that really doesn't necessarily want to talk to anyone. You know, and I don't think he's got a lot of friends in any office anywhere. But that's just that's a guess. Yeah, uh, what's what's funny is, you know, this happening specifically to Jim Harbaugh, um, who happens to be the hottest college coaching candidate to leave the NCAA and go pro, right? I mean, that's what the conversation's been about, right? He had that weird, like, graphic that looked like a Pokemon card that said, hey, um, we, uh, you know, the, not shutting the door. I expect to be coaching. Right. In Michigan, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I, you know, things change all the time. You know, life changes. We never know what the next day holds. But with that, I mean, if I'm Harbaugh, sure, come at me all you want. I've got the golden parachute of of five NFL teams that I could knock on their door tomorrow and they'd hire me. Yeah, well, it's probably it would make as much sense that uh, someone on on the Ohio State. Uh, side of things has a friend in the NCAA office and uh, you know Michigan's beat him two years in a row now so they heard Jim Harbaugh was snooping around in the NFL okay well let's let's see if we can go ahead and throw a violation on on him too to yeah, make let's him, push him let's give push him, him that over the ex- ledge. extra little push out of Michigan and into the NFL like I'd be more inclined to believe that than I would anything else you know maybe the maybe the server that served him up the burgers uh was a Buckeye. You know, you never know. Text uh, from the 310. Is that California? Harbaugh buys his khakis at Walmart in bulk. True story confirmed by his wife. He's a weird guy. Which, again, psycho. Why do you care about making seven, $8 million a year if you're going to buy your khakis in bulk at Walmart? You know, he... If you're going to expense a six or seven dollar burger that you, in, in against NCAA rules, bought a recruit, just pay cash for the thing out of your pocket. You make seven million dollars a year. You played like fifteen years in the NFL. You've been coaching for two decades. He, he probably he. Well, I'm, I can't say too much about this because it's kind of the same with me. Um, I, I, no, I've, I haven't seen a, a paycheck that I've made in years. For all I know, my wife has spent every penny that we have and there's nothing there. And maybe, maybe they just stopped paying me years ago and I'm just showing up for free. Have no idea. I don't see my paychecks. 
don't care. I just go do my thing. Harbaugh's probably the same way. Now, it's a little bit different whenever your paychecks are like probably what three, four hundred thousand dollars, or I guess it's more than that, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a month. That one I may, yeah. I may want to check out, make sure it's there. Yeah, I, I might like to see that hit the old uh, bank account, the old direct deposit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not just, sure he's taking a photo of that one and doing the uh, digital deposit either. I think uh, I think that one's probably uh, linked to the old bank account. Yeah, probably so. What What do you think he drives? Oh man, F-150 um, pickup truck. Pretty sure it's not a not a Bugatti. Um, I, you know what? With him, I could see him. I don't know. I could see him like a Tahoe, something like that, SUV, something reasonable. I mean, in Michigan, you know, it snows up there. You're gonna need something to be able to get around. Um, yeah, I, I could see that. Or maybe like a 300C guy because his buddies told him it looked like a Phantom. And he's like, oh, well, it's a lot cheaper than a Phantom. I know I'm worth tens of millions of dollars, but, you know. Here's here's a quick little funny story. Um, when I played for the Lions, obviously owned by the Ford family, and the head coach has a free vehicle that he drives provided by um, – provided by the the ownership Ford right and Mariucci was there and he drove a bright orange and I don't know why it was orange but a bright orange like it was a sweet other than the color Range Rover awesome and this is when Ford owned Range Rover I don't know if they do anymore but at the time they did and he got fired the Orange Range Rover stayed, and Rod Marinelli, if anyone who knows Rod Marinelli will appreciate this story. He is like a – he's a Vietnam vet. He is uh, – he, he's just as hardcore as they come. Doesn't care about anything. He would have coached the Lions for $15 an hour, okay? He is he is just a stone-cold killer. killer. Um, so – he shows up and he drives the Range Rover, the bright orange, super flashy Range Rover for like a week. And then I pull up one day and in the head coaching parking spot is like a three or four year old Ford F-150. So uh, <laughs> he traded the old bright orange Range Rover in for something a little more his style. Yeah. Well, I mean, funny. I think the, the, the super bright orange uh, Range Rover. Pretty loud. Pretty loud. Probably not going to be a ton of people's uh, style. I know I couldn't uh, be caught in anything orange. What uh, does BV drive on the text line? He drives a sweet Raptor. I think it's a Raptor. It's definitely a Ford, uh, and it's got some aftermarket stuff on it. I think it's a dealer uh, pickup truck. It's awesome. It's really cool. It's It's like a dark charcoal gray. It's sweet. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, do you know, uh, you know, if he's a two burger guy, just in case, you know, uh, if he eats, uh, I know he, I know he got water burger uh, right when he got to Oklahoma, didn't he? Yeah, I think he said he had like two triple burgers or something well, like that. Good, good. Well, make that's sure been a that long day. Maybe that's why he said he had two, just in case, 
His receipts ah. are audited. Chestnut checkers, my friend. That's right. Not going to get him stitched up. He he bought a burger for a Clemson player that night, I think. His son. <laughs> That's right, that he was did. With him. Yep, smart. I bought two burgers. He said, hey, here's That's a burger. Right. Here's a burger. You're going to enter the transfer portal in 2023. Step wink, ahead. Wink. I love it. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line. We'll keep getting to those. 651-3439. We'll be back. Rush is back. Teddy Lehman here. Travis Davidson joins from Tulsa. I'm hanging out here in the ref studios with Connor. 651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's go to the text line, shall we? Um, I drove a Ford Pinto for 20 years. Best car I ever owned. Train in the 918. Is a Ford Pinto, is that like a little hatchback thing? Yeah, I, I believe it is. I, I'm not uh, too familiar with the Pinto, but I believe you're I believe you're right on right there. Uh, what do you drive, Teddy? I'm not trying to be weird, just curious. Jim from Wisconsin. Uh, I drive a Yukon. My brother makes fun of me, says I'm a soccer mom. Uh, so I drive a Yukon. There you go. Tattooed sooner with the same question. That question took over the uh, text line right there. Yeah. UConn. Really curious. Yeah, yeah. Ford doesn't own Range Rover anymore. Tati took them back over, which is a UK company. Uh, all I know is whoever took them over still puts out a really good-looking vehicle that is always in the shop. <laughs> God, they look good, though, man. I'll tell you. God, they do. It's almost worth it. Every now and then, you get tempted. You see one, and it's like, man, that thing's sweet. Looks good. And then someone's got to smack you in the back of the head. It's like, come on, man. It's got to be in the shop the entire time you own it. You're like, oh, that's right. I forgot. I know. I was considering it uh, a few years ago, getting a used one. And I was like, no, I've, I've always been a Lexus guy. They take care of themselves, basically. So, And shout out uh, Todd Morrison, Lexus of Tulsa, always, uh, always takes good care of me. But, yeah, going from that to having to get your Range Rover in and out of the shop for the rest of your life, I mean, I just I couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. I drive an 82 Ford Fairmont four-door, makes 850 horsepower. That, uh, I'd like to take a ride in that. Actually, yeah. I, actually, I don't want to take a ride in I want to drive it. I was about to say, maybe yeah. uh, maybe we need to set up something at the studio sometime. I uh, Ever- thought Teddy drove a Super Duty. No, I just act tough. I ain't <laughs> he, tough. he just is Super Duty. I drive a Yukon with a kid seat in the in the second row. <laughs> but it's the toughest looking, toughest looking soccer mom ride with the uh, kid seat, though. Let me tell you. Yeah, it looks tough. F- bone stock. Every now to the uh, to the Fairmont <laughs> driver. I did actually look at a. Uh, there's a Whipple charger package that goes on the new Denali's. You know. Like just a stock Denali, it makes like almost it's like 440 horsepower, and they make just like a bolt-on Whipple charger for it that gives you like 750 horsepower. Turns it into like a 10-second car. <laughs> you got to do it. Hey, you gonna get to soccer, baseball practice or not, man? Yeah, I, would. I know you. Got, I know baseball practice is starting up. I'll tell you, I I used to like. Uh, I still do, but used to like driving fast and. When my wife and I first got married, I was dangling by a thread of uh, having my license suspended with all the points that I had and all the speeding tickets that I'd had. Wow. 
Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, the driver's license points. It's that's more like golf scoring, Teddy. You the the lower the better. And then I went. Uh, because my wife is an insurance agent, so she brought the hammer down pretty hard on me. I went like a decade without getting a speeding ticket, and then I was fraudulently handed a speeding ticket in downtown Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Wasn't even speeding. Had an argument with the police officer. Felt bad about the argument, but uh, the speed that he clocked me at in my opinion, well, it's not opinion. Fact was not correct. Well, uh, I made a let, big stink about how I wasn't going to pay it, and uh, told my wife, "I'm fighting it. I'm going to court. There's no way. I refuse. I this not one penny of my money is going to this ticket." And I folded like two days later. It's like I just I don't have time. I'll just pay the ticket. That's how they get you, man. You know, you know who you sound like. You just don't have the time for the process. You know who you sound like who. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I know. I guarantee. I, I just go when, ahead and use the company card. When you were on that, when you were on that rant earlier, it now makes so much more sense because I think you were channeling your, you know, man. It was the way I responded, and he, you know, he uh, wanted to show his his badge off, or in in that case, show the NCAA logo off. I'm I'm thinking, I'm yeah, it's a little bit of therapy, man. I think we're getting through some things together. No, it wasn't about the response. I. I was like, bro, you need to get that thing calibrated. It's wrong. Um, but, you know, the, they get you because there's no way that you're going to – like, we got work. We got things to do. I got I got a son. I got – there's just all this stuff. You can't go sit through the, you know, four hours of court or however long, however long it takes before you get up there. Oh, it's just Frustrating. Frustrating. Yeah, I'm a. I I, I speed uh, on the old Kickapoo because it's an 80 mile an hour speed limit, man. Isn't that weird? I, mean, I still, when I see the 80 on the speed limit sign, it's like I feel like I'm getting trapped. Remember yeah. the old uh, Dukes <laughs> of Hazard where they had the they had the speed limit and then they'd flip the sign on you and yep. it like went down to 55 or something. Yeah, uh, that's this, what I feel like they're doing to me. No, it, it is like it's it's interesting because for the longest time the old Kickapoo going from Tulsa. What wouldn't populate on maps? So, like, it was kind of the, the secret <laughs> yeah, way to you're avoid You're, like, driving Oklahoma through City. people's uh, pastures <laughs> and stuff on your that, GPS. That's what, that's what it looked like. So, uh, you would go, but then I think still, like, you know how, um, like, Apple Maps, like, as you drive, it says the speed limit, like, in the top left? I think that still says 75. So, that's confused me a couple times. I'm like, man, I could have sworn that sign said 80. But yeah. this says 75, so... Uh, yeah, that, that Kickapoo. I mean, I, I, I drive back and forth to Norman pretty pretty good amount now, but I'll be down there for our little uh, – you going to come to the bowling uh, holiday party, the January bowling holiday party? I am. Are you a good bowler? Uh, Yeah, so here's the thing. If I'm like if, – if it's like a money-on-the-line situation, I will bowl like normally, and I'm, I'm pretty good. But sometimes I just get wrapped up in trying to like spin the ball just because I think that's so much fun. Like I think it's more fun to try and spin the ball uh, and have it come back to the front pin as opposed to just like bowl in a straight line. I don't know. So yeah, I uh, can tell by the way you're talking about it that you suck. I, and no offense, <laughs> it's okay. I it it's it's okay to not be good at bowling. It's a, hey, we'll find out, man. We'll no, find we will. Out. We will. 
We will. Um, I got to go practice. Holy. It gets pretty competitive. You got these last few segments, uh, last nine segments or whatever. I got to go practice my yeah. bowling. Go, go get in on it. That's that's no big deal. All right, we are late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Six five one three four three nine. We'll be back. Rush is back. Hour number three. Teddy Lehman here. Travis Davidson in T Town. Connor hanging out with me here in the Ref Studios. Keep hitting the text line. Air Comfort Solutions text line six five one three four three nine. Uh, news of the day, we were waiting, wondering when it was going to drop. Uh, was it going to the NFL? Was he going to come back for one more year? Marvin Mims chooses to take his talents to the National Football League. Um, leaves a little bit of a vacuum there at wide receiver. Um, you know, and, and people that have, have heard me talk about it, uh, I, I was – frustrated and underwhelmed with the wide receiver play as a whole. I think there were there's some guys of the group that had good years. Um but I I think as a as an entire group underwhelming this year. And you know, it, it wasn't the only problem we had offensively. There was there was several things there, but um you know, lack of wide receivers being able to beat one-on-ones Press coverage, um, you know, whenever people were bringing all that pressures and no safety in the middle of the field, we couldn't shake loose. Um, whenever teams just went man coverage, single high safety, load the box, you know, force us out of our running game and force us out of the tempo game where we had to go to the pass, we, we just couldn't beat one-on-one. And we didn't have guys that were big enough to just throw it up to him and let him make a play in tight coverage. You know, it was a it was a frustrating point uh, of emphasis for me throughout the whole year. And I, to me, if, if we want to unlock the the full potential of the offense, you know, we've talked about the running game. I think there's a chance the offensive line can come back and pre and be pretty daggum good next year. I I think. I'm not alone whenever I say I like the two backs, at least the two backs that we have for next season in Sawchuck and, and Barnes and and perhaps uh, Marcus Major as well. And I think the backup quarterback situation with Jackson Arnold coming in allows you to be a little bit more aggressive in the quarterback run game. All of those things, I think, are excellent catalysts for the offense to have an improved season. But the the key ingredient that really ramps the thing up and takes you uh, into overdrive is we got to have wide receivers that can win one-on-one matchups. You got to be able to win. Um, Whether it's size, whether we develop pristine route running. And and I will say like, I I do think that we need to develop a little bit better of a uh, intermediate passing game and, and, when I say develop, I mean game plan and strategy. We need to be better with the intermediate passing game, um, and I, like receive that ties in with what you feel your receivers are capable of and stuff like that. But you know, we we at you know once everyone kind of figured out the game on Oklahoma where we were limited and and how we kind of had to call offense. The the every every game pretty much unfolded the same as it wore on. They got closer and closer to the line of scrimmage, got more and more aggressive coming after the quarterback and playing single high coverage. 
and forced us into into what would be a pass situation because the they've loaded the box on us and we could not win those one on ones, and it makes it frustrating to call offense. You we're reduced basically to trying to to go as fast as we can to catch defenses. We got to be able to to go at a little bit more methodical pace and be able to walk to the line of scrimmage, check out some matchups, wide receiver versus DB, and say, we're going to win that all day long. You want to keep covering him, press man, with uh, just a single high safety in the middle of the field, we are going to absolutely turn your lights out. That's what we've got to have at wideout. And we just flat out didn't have that this year. In you know, there's you can do it with speed, you can do it with route running, or you can do it with size. And you'd like to have the combination of of all three of those. You'd like to have a, a matchup where size is a big advantage. You'd like to have a matchup where speed is a big advantage. And you'd like to have a matchup where you can trust a guy with great route running. And I think Drake Stoops already checks the box on the great route running matchup. You know, he beats guys that are probably measurable-wise – uh, better athletes than him beats them all the time with great route running. So I think we checked that box, but we don't have like Mims. Mims is, it was our best deep ball guy. He found himself open quite a bit, but you know, we don't have a, a true just lights out burner. And we don't have, at least right now, we don't have a size target and I'm talking wide receiver. I'm not talking tight end. We don't have a size target that we trust to, to throw the ball up and let him go make a play, throw the comeback, throw the sideline route, let him use the size. So I don't know about you two, Connor and, and Travis, but that's that's really one of the things for me offensively next year that I feel like you have to have to unleash the full potential. Yeah, I mean, if you if, – and say we land, um, you know, the lock, the Hasbola lock as it will be known from now ah. on. Um, or the you're telling me this baby's in his twenties lock. Uh, we can we can say that. But if you say him about, six seven, I was I was going to insert a wide receiver joke about he he fits the the size of our wideouts, but that's just not fair. <laughs> oh oh, that's so mean. I know. Man got him riled up about a bogus speeding ticket, and now he's taking it. short jokes at our team. But um, you know I, what's interesting to me, Teddy, is we brought in two. Former four-star recruits last year that each had a bit of production at Arizona State and Missouri as true freshmen. Um, L.B. Bunkley Shelton, uh, I think his targets this year were those kind of over-the-middle type routes, um, slants, and he runs a 4-4, uh, runs in the 4-4s, I should say. And J.J. Hester is a 4-4 type guy too, but he's 6'4", 200 pounds. So... Um, you know, I, I think again it will consider our wide receiver room and our wide receiver room's success. So much will come down to those two duos. Last year's freshmen, uh, you know, obviously Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson, and then last year's two transfers, right. LV Bunkley Shelton, who was a top 200 player. I mean, he, he was sought after going to Arizona State, and then. J.J. Hester, who, again, is 6'4", 200 pounds, runs a 4'4". So they've got some of the tools that you like, but, you know, they've just they've got to, got to get on the field, you know. So, again, some of the tools, but we, we do – there's a reason that Oklahoma has made so many wide receiver offers in the portal. Right. So what's the um, 
why did neither why didn't we see either one of the transfer guys from last year get get very many opportunities? Um, I I know Hester was dealing with an injury um, there for a little bit um, that sidelined him for a while, um, but believe he's healthy now. And they they tried to get him early, and then I know uh, they saw a couple looks. Uh, I think in the bowl game maybe, but um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be. But yeah, I just don't think I don't think they ever really got when when there was trying to have the install happen, and you've got your guys that are already there. I just think year one in an install when you only have Levy and DG trying to teach the whole offense to everybody, that that really maybe it's the best environment or the best, uh, I don't know, um, situation maybe for big-time development from your third-string guys and fourth-string guys yeah. um, that maybe an offseason like this will be where you can put a little more focus on those guys and – they know the offense now. They've been around it. Um, hopefully they're healthy. You know, I, I think it's a lot more conducive to that without having to worry about all of the circus that comes with an install and a new head coach. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I think I, I agree with that. We'll see. You know, this. I think this offseason is going to be a little bit better for, for guys to develop. It's – Probably not going to be as chaotic. There's not going to be such this, you know, the scramble to learn and to try to figure out, you know, personalities and terminology and and all of those different things. You can just focus on development a little bit more, a little bit better. Uh, so that will be good. And you're, you know, and for the new guys coming in, it's whether you're a uh, a freshman or a guy that transfers in, the entire team will have a base of knowledge. That you can that you can kind of you learn a little bit from osmosis that way instead of a room full of guys that don't know anything, it it can be pretty daunting whenever it's just it's kind of the blind leading the blind out there. So yeah, and, yeah, and he it, didn't get to bring anybody else over, right? So like you some you know a lot of times when coaches come over, they have like a bunch of maybe position coaches that come with or anything like that, like. Like, Levy had to teach even – he had to teach DeMarco, had to teach Kale, had to teach all these guys. Bill Beano had to teach all these guys, essentially, the system and how he wanted to call it. I mean, when you show up and Dylan Gabriel, who hadn't played in the system in a couple years, who that guy's the second foremost expert on the, on the uh, offense. Yeah, and little stuff, Teddy, right? Like, hey, I got to find out where I'm going to live, right? I'm going to find right. out. Um, like new guys, I'm going to find out where my classes are, this, that, and the other. Like there's so many little things that you have to get figured out as you move into a new job and you're doing a full-blown install that just simply don't exist in year two. Yeah. Should be a little bit better. Should, you know, should be, um, should be a, a little bit better environment for those guys to make some bigger strides. And like I said, work on development, not just work on, trying to to learn what the offense is and what the defense is. At least that's the hope anyways. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up hour number three next. Rush is back. Hour number three, Teddy Lehman here, Travis Davidson hanging up, hanging out rather up in T-Town. Connor here with myself in the ref studio, 651-3439. TCU must have a much simpler system, huh? Uh, yeah, maybe. 
uh, a much simpler system with, uh, dare I say, better players. Players that have been there longer, that's for sure. Well, I'll just tell you right now, we don't have a receiver of the caliber of Quentin Johnston. Um, We don't have a number two receiver or number three receiver the caliber of Savion Williams and uh, Darius Davis. So, I mean, you know, we didn't have the ability to run our quarterback like they did with Max Duggan because their backup was actually the guy that won the job to start the season. I mean, they had some things that we we didn't, but I don't want to take anything away from what TCU's done. They've been they've been excellent, and credit to them they they did a better job coaching. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush coming up next.